Welcome to the Sound of Goshen, brought to you by the Goshen Chamber of Commerce and your community health system, Goshen Health. Get started on your own path to living vibrantly. The first step, Goshen Health. Visit livevibrantly.com. This week's podcast episode, Sound of the Economy. Welcome to the Sound of Goshen. I'm your host, Vince Turner, and today's episode is Sound of the Economy. Brought to you in part by Everance. Ground your finances in values like care, hope, and sharing. Everance. Today, we welcome Angie Eggering. She is a partner at Inside Accounting Group. And uh, Angie, this is the time of the year where you are very popular with an unpopular subject. Yes. We're talking taxes. Good morning, uh, yes. <laughs> so how do you, when, when you kind of... I know things have changed considerably from what the stereotype is. You're doing this all year round. But when you get ready for the stretch run because of tax, tax dates, what what's kind of the attitude around the firm, the attitude with your clients, that kind of thing? Does it, does it raise the tension level just a little bit? Certainly does. Like you said, our busy seasons have been stretching out to – a longer period of time, especially the last two years, because mm-hmm. of very late federal legislation um, that required us to extend more returns than we usually do. Um, they even gave us more time to file mm-hmm. the past two years. So we have kind of felt like we've been running on this never-ending treadmill the last two years, just trying to stay ahead, get our arms around the current legislation. This year, we've all been looking forward to what we call a more normal Mm-hmm. you know, quote, unquote, <laughs> uh, busy season, which still does mean that we work a lot of extra hours during tax season. Certainly, um, we do everything we can to try to smooth things out, get clients ready before the end of the year so that we're not having to do as much during busy season. But there's no way around it. We work a lot more hours yep. in January through April, um, taper off a little bit in May and June, hope to take some vacation July and <laughs> August. But um Hopefully, smooth it out a bit more Every this once year. In a while. So yeah, and maybe maybe have more time to take a break. So Every yeah, once. definitely tensions are are starting to increase. We're all working a lot more, spending a lot more time together. Yeah, um, eating a lot of more carry out <laughs> in the office. Um, yeah, so yeah, it's. I, I want to peel back just a little bit before we start talking mm-hmm. some specifics. Just tell us a little bit about Angie. How long you've been with the firm? Um, your areas of specialty, that kind of thing. Okay. Gosh. All right. So. Over 20, you quit counting after 20, right? Over 20 years of public accounting experience. I've been at Insight for a little over 15. Mm -hmm. Um, I focus on individual tax planning, consulting, high net worth individuals, gift estate, that area. Um, I oversee and work with Robert Mendoza in our marketing area. Um, You know, my other partners, Corbin Miller, Mm -hmm. who you're all familiar with, uh, works on our assurance audit team. Heather Berkey it works in assurance as well. She's in Mishawaka. Robert's in Mishawaka. And then Danielle in our Goshen office also focuses on um, business tax, uh, client advisory services is, is an area she works in. Um, that's an area of our practice that's really growing. So we're kind of a well-rounded team. We all focus on different things. Mm-hmm. Um, it's nice to have that luxury. So how did you get interested in public accounting? Gosh. <laughs> well, we'll see. When I was a little kid, I knew I wanted to be in business. I had no idea what that meant, but I always kind of identified and connected with seeing people in a business and a bank and financials. When I was in college, I had a professor that um, 
just told me, hey, this accounting thing looks really easy for you. Maybe you want to look into being a CPA, public accountant. Sure enough, it like rang all the bells mm-hmm. um, when I looked into what it what it took, the additional education, the licensing, all just really appealed to me. Really, and when it came down to it, when I got closer to and started working, it was the ability to help people make sense of something that makes no sense to them mm-hmm. otherwise, right? So I really like to do individual tax. It's kind of weird. They mm-hmm. make fun of me in the <laughs> office because I get so excited about individual tax season. So I think I just really liked it, really liked helping people kind of alleviate that anxiety they well, have about taxes. It's yeah. hard not to get to know the person or the right. people if you're dealing with a couple if you're doing family it right, or whatever. Yes. It's really hard not to get to know them once you start diving into right. estate planning, taxes, those kind of things. Mm-hmm. And I would imagine that's been kind of a, I don't want to say unintended consequence, but kind of a bonus, I guess you could say, about what your business is, is you get to know some of your clients very well. Yes, that is everything. And one of our core core values as a firm is relationships mm-hmm. and community is one of them too. And those two go hand in hand. It's about getting to know the people we work with, clients, team members, people in the community, and being able to help um, help them with tax compliance needs, bookkeeping, getting a financial statement prepared, whatever it is. It's that making that connection. So even though accounts are kind of known to be mm-hmm. kind of socially awkward, it's actually pretty much the opposite. We have we need to have very good, strong written um, and verbal communication skills and. The better and the more you get to know your client, the better job you can do for them. Well, and so. I think that's probably one of the biggest, I don't know if you'd call it growth area, maybe you would, mm-hmm. uh, for accountants and, and accounting firms in general. Uh, when I was growing up and then when I was first in my professional life, accountants were kind of buttoned down. And, and now it, it seems as, well, you got to have a little bit of a different personality to be an accountant. It's <laughs> it's almost an entire sea change over the last 25, 30 years. For the good. I think that's for right, the good. Right, for thing. the good. Yeah. yeah, that's for the good thing, yeah. And you're involved in the community. Mm-hmm. You yourself are, are a part of the Elkhart County community. Actually, the Community Foundation of Elkhart County. Jody Spataro slapped me up the head yep. if I don't get the change right. Uh, you're also with the Oakland Foundation mm-hmm. Board. You're active. The firm's active. Very, active. very much so. And yeah. we appreciate the fact that the firm is very involved in the chamber yes, as well that's as very one important of our sponsors. To us. So, very important to us. So let's talk about that four-letter word that takes more than four letters, and that's taxes and <laughs> right. tax preparation. Uh, at this stage of the game, uh, we're recording right now in the in the early stage of February. At this stage of the game, how is the approach? What do you start doing as far as getting taxes ready? So educating our team, we spend mm-hmm. a lot of time doing that. At year end, we're taking, you know, CPE. We do a in-house CPE event every day, um, try to get our arms around any new law changes, inform each other, keep ourselves updated, um, send out tax organizers to our individual tax clients that tells them, hey, here are the things that we're going to need from you, and here's a list of 20 or so questions we need you to answer that'll help us make sure we don't miss anything on your return. Uh, likewise, for business clients, we're sending them a list of things that we need mm-hmm. to get your year end done. And obviously, the earlier you bring it in, the better. And I think that's a broad-based statement for any accountant out there. We would all say that. Bring it in early. Um, bring it in complete, but bring it in early. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's what we're we're doing right now. Things are really starting to roll in, as you would say. <laughs> and you get uh, – it, it, it's like anything else where, you know, some students wait until the last minute yes. before they turn in their mm-hmm. assignment. And some businesses are going to wait until the last minute before they dump everything on yes. the accountant, <laughs> which 
which increases, I know, the stretch level or stress level and makes vacation in July all that more enjoyable when you finally do get there. What are some of the things when you get ready to prepare a return for you? Um, What do people at the individual level and at the business level really need to take into account in addition to that checklist that you're going to be Mm -hmm. sending out? So uh, on that checklist, both of them, is really making sure we know of any changes. So changes you've made in your business. has Have you added a new partner? Has your address changed? Did you have a kid head to college? Did you have a new baby? Um, Did your address change? Are you considering a move Mm -hmm. to Florida? All those things have very big tax impact from change of address to change of residency to a different state. Huge difference. Things we can do to plan. So we we spend a lot of our time in tax season worrying about things that have already happened in the past. And of course, those are, are very important and very relevant. But don't forget the things that are going to happen or happening in the future mm. that can help us help you plan. Um, a big change in our just industry in general is really a requirement that you be more forward focused and looking forward for your clients, not just accounting for what's happening in the past, but looking forward to the future as well. So um, just keep us informed of changes, changes in the past, changes to come. So speaking of changes, uh, you've kind of hit the nexus uh, over these last couple of years in the accounting world. When you factor in COVID and then factor in a change at the at the presidential level or the government level of, of administrations and some of the different ways that either political party looks at taxes and tax obligations, et cetera. How difficult is that for accounting firms to be able to keep up with? Oh, boy. I would say uh, two years ago, or you know, three, spring of 2020, mm-hmm. we weren't real good at making changes. Um, we really resisted and, and fussed and screamed and cried and whined and felt sorry for ourselves about all these changes <laughs> coming through. I mean, we were impacted by COVID like everybody else personally and, and um, you know, trying to figure out how to work at home, et cetera, et cetera. But what we learned and have had to learn is that we need to be able to change quickly. We mm-hmm. need to be able to digest new information, um, get used to the idea that we may not have all the answers day one. That's hard for accountants. We want to know exactly how it's going to play out, exactly where that's going to go on your return. And we've just learned that you can't do that, that mm-hmm. that is not how things are going to work legislatively. Um, changes come later and later. Sometimes they change the law in the middle of tax season, things like like that. (laughs) So pivot, learning to pivot has been a critical skill that has kind of helped some accountants become, you know, more successful, um, be able to adapt and change. So we've got more of that to come this year. Who knew? (laughs) From the outside looking in, I Uh would say that that's probably one of the biggest changes, whether it's in the stereotype or whether it's in the reality of, of what accountants do. In the beginning, it seemed like such a static thing to be involved in. It's it's X and Y and Z, and it's always going to be X and Y and Z. But today, boy, it's like taking the Scrabble board and throwing all the letters out on a table every year. That's a good analogy. That's how it's felt. <laughs> That's how it's felt. And just when we thought we were uh, we had it all under control um, this year, there's a, a pending law change coming in Indiana that just. You know, we just had to laugh. We're like, okay, well, yeah. we've done this for the you know past two seasons. Get ready to do it again, guys. So yeah, yep. and we're going to talk about that in our second episode. We're going to talk about some of the things going on at Indianapolis and uh, 
accountants I know are, are threatening to storm the Bastille with some of the things <laughs> going on. So that'll be a fun program when we do the next one. Two questions that come up um, in common conversations when I talk to people about taxes. One, I think it's just a matter of personal preference, but I'm wondering how accountants look at it. I, I hear my peers less today than I did maybe, say, 10 years ago, um, celebrating their tax return. And I've always had the, wait a minute, you got that much back? Why in the world were you taking that much out kind of thing? Yeah. You know, people celebrate having, you know, this big, big return. Um, and I was kind of like, you just loaned the government. You did. Money. Interest-free. Interest-free. And the other thing is I know there are some very capable people out there who sit down and do their own taxes. Um, I am not one of those capable people. <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> uh, well, primarily because I look back, and, and there was a time when I did um, uh, do some of my own taxes, but it finally got to the point where it took longer, and I was calling more people for, for answers to questions and finally said, wait a minute. Somebody who is far more skilled at this is probably going to save me a lot of time, a lot of aggravation, and maybe even more important, a lot of money. So those two questions. From okay. an accountant's perspective, is it better to get a return or to pay a small amount going in? And the second thing is, what kind of things should you know before you try to do your own taxes? Okay, well, um, I am with you that I think you should not overpay and give the government a, a loan. Mm -hmm. Um, I think people like to do that because it relieves anxiety. People have a lot of just personal anxiety about owing taxes. It mm -hmm. just makes them nervous. So I think by habit, they like to be in that situation where they know they're getting money back. Financially, overall financial picture, is that a good financial move? Heck no. Don't give the IRS a loan. Um, don't loan them money, you know. <laughs> don't don't loan them money, um, you know, interest-free, as you said. It's become more difficult in recent years to really pinpoint exactly how much to withhold mm -hmm. from your paycheck because of the law changes. Um, there is a really good calculator on the IRS website uh, that calculates your W-4 withholding amount. I would encourage you to take a look at that if you're somebody that ends up with really big refunds every year and you want to look, kind of fine-tune what you should be withholding. Um, you can take a look there. There has been, just be aware Individually, there's been some um, change in law, things that expired that were in effect for 21 that aren't in effect for 22 that are going to affect the everyday taxpayer, the size of their refund. Mm -hmm. um, there's a few credits, the child care credit, the child tax credit. Both of those were expanded in 21. Those are back to the normal size. So by that alone, most households that have dependents are going to see smaller refunds this year. And that does not mean that your tax accountant did something wrong. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that means that the law changed. So you're going to see a smaller refund this year um, in general. But if you still think you're over withholding or under withholding, take a look at that W-4 calculator on the IRS website. Um, speaking to your point about should you prepare your own taxes, I think you should. I think you should be able to. I think the, the tax codes become much too complicated. I mm -hmm. feel like the average taxpayer should be able to do it on their own. Um, there are really good programs out there. You know, H&R Block is, you know, kind of known for for um, their program. And, um, you know, there, there's a, a wide variety out there. If you answer the questions carefully, I think it does a decent job. Um, has to do with how many other complicating factors. If you have a complicating factor, you receive money in an estate from an estate this year, 
um, you have a lot of brokerage activity that you aren't accustomed to activity, you know, accounting for, let's say you dabbled in the market or you invested in some cryptocurrency or things like that, mm -hmm. that are a little, little beyond the average W2 wages, itemizing or not itemizing deductions. Um, kind of when you get something new, maybe that's the wall that you've hit at one point. You know, I've got enough new things that I don't know how to handle. That might be the time to and seek a professional. There yeah. were enough new things. A new thing like, going eh, on. Nah, I, don't yeah. want to do I think that's the time to call for help and mm -hmm. um, get a second opinion. Maybe you take a look at it on your own and then have someone else look at it. Have yeah. a, an accountant or a tax preparation service. Yeah. Um, do Happy, that, medium. So. Yep. Happy medium. Happy medium. Yep. Well, you're going to be busy for a while, yes, but we're I going will. to get you for one more segment. We're okay. going to talk a little bit about state taxes in our next episode. But for now, our thanks to Angie Eggering of Insight Accounting Group. Sound of the Economy is brought to you in part by Everance and is a presentation of the Goshen Chamber of Commerce. I'm your host, Vince Turner. Thank you for joining us. <laughs>